0: Hello and welcome to the AK-47 Podcast. My name is Kristen Godsey and I'm the author of Why Women Have Better Sex Under Socialism and Other Arguments for Economic Independence. Today I am going to do something a little strange and that is talk about the little novella that we are reading while we're reading it, rather than waiting until the very end. And that's because I have a very special guest with me today. Once again, my daughter, hello, Hello. (laughs) and she's going to sort of help me talk a little bit about one of the themes of red love, which I think is really important because it's one of the most important things that Colin Ty talks a lot about in not only her fiction, but also some of the essays that we've already read on this podcast. And this is this idea that as, a, as women become more autonomous and as they get more education and professional opportunities, as you know, capitalism and bourgeois marriage fade away and we enter into a more kind of egalitarian future, romantic relationships, particularly heterosexual relationships between men and women, um, will lose their centrality for women's lives. So my daughter and I were talking about Lizzo's song. What is the name of the song? Soulmate. Soulmate. Uh, soulmate. And also Emma Watson, who apparently told the world that she was self-partner. Self-coupled. 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 Yeah. Right. Um, and then you were watching a, a YouTuber, I believe, and you, you you had some reflections on this. And so so my question is, are we sort of already in a world where even though capitalism is still very, very much with us, it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere anytime soon, unfortunately, but, but are we in a world where women do have more opportunities? And so the centrality of romantic relationships, at least for young women, aren't as powerful. Like the, 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 the lure of the relationship isn't as strong as perhaps maybe in my generation or my mom's generation, or certainly my grandmother's generation. What do you think?
1: Um, I think that, um, to some extent, that may be true. Um, and, and this is why I only say to some extent, um, because so I had a, an uh, like I was saying there's this youtuber, her name is best well, her channel is called Best Rest. Her name is Ashley. and she's sort of generally a fashion youtuber, but she does talk about like her personal stuff a lot and that and sort of her platform is is sort of fa- based around and built upon having like a, a parasocial and like deep connection with her followers, not her, her subscribers, I guess. And, I mean, she was saying that when she was in college, she just recently graduated. Um, when she was in college, she had, like, really, really, like, high, heightened job insecurities where she hadn't right before college. And, be- and sort of she says sort of because of that, she was so hyper-focused on, like, finding a boyfriend and, like, she was under the impression that she needed to, like, get married and find the man that she would settle down with, like, while she was in college And then eventually as she, so she had a couple of relationships that were long-term and then as she kind of moved on and and her YouTube channel started becoming more and more successful and she actually realized that she could make a career out of it, she like grew less and less like attached to the idea of a significant other. And so in that sense, I think that that's like a pattern that perfectly fits like Kolontai's argument that sort of idea of as women become more and more financially sort of independent, they will become much more romantically independent, I guess. Right. From, and But the thing is that she sort of tells this story in a video called How I Learned to Love Being Single and you sh- Why You Should Too. And so the fact that she was sort of framing it in a video that was like, it, the problem is that now, even though women are still becoming more and more independent and they're l- relying less and less On romantic relationships there's still so much media that defines like how we view the world like movies rom-coms like sitcoms a a lot of the time like coming of age stories and like we that we still feel this guilt and like this sort of ideal of like I should have a relationship even though I don't necessarily need to it's become much more like you should choose to have a relationship which I don't think Colin and would disagree with but there is sort of this weird sense of guilt That I think is present now in a way that it wouldn't have been present in Kolontai's imagined society.
0: Right. And do you think, I mean, so, you know, obviously, one of the things that I talk a lot about in my work is the idea that when women are financially independent, they... Or stable in some way, right? We're not just talking about lean in feminism, right? We're talking yeah. about a society that is more equitable where, you know, people are getting a fair share of the surplus value that's been extracted from them. So if women are included in that sort of collectivity, the collective ownership of the means of production, so to speak, that once you take calculation out of a relationship, then you choose a partner based on somebody that you actually love, right. And, or that you're attracted to, or that you really like, and not necessarily because you just want to have a partner. Mm -hmm. And what you're talking about is the sort of social guilt that society sort of judges you for not having a partner. Yeah. And why do you think that persists?
1: Um, I think that partially because it's, um, it's what we talk about. we don't tend to have conversations like at least in my experience as women like either we're talking about fashion and clothes or like some drama within our friend group or something or we're talking about relationships it persists because we let it Mm. because it's what we talk about and then we part of our conversation has become why do we keep talking about this but then we keep talking about it and i'm not i'm not sure if i if we should stop talking about it because it's kind of fun yeah and like love is love but so i'm conflicted mm-hmm. in a way yeah but you know this
0: idea though like i'm thinking about the TikTok that you showed me with uh-huh. the political compass oh, yeah and the and <laughs> the the audio is he's like gonna get it right and the original well, audio yeah. is this woman talking about a man's shoes and if he doesn't have the right kind of expensive shoes, she won't even consider him. Yeah.
1: But it's quiet for him.
0: It's quiet for him. That's what she says. Yeah. But
1: if he's wearing like some lame, like Nikes. It's quiet for him. Right. But like Air Jordans. Right.
0: Then he's going to, he's going to like get it.
1: (laughs) So do you think that,
0: I mean, that's just a really interesting it's so exactly what Colin Tai was saying, yeah. right? That women judge men based on their ability to have and, and expensive things. I
1: mean, their influencer culture and, like, the way – because we have – I mean, they're sort of called hype beasts. Mm-hmm. There's this term for people who, like, only wear, like, Champion and Gucci and other, other brands that mm-hmm. are, like, famous, like mm-hmm. Air Jordans and, like, various – Supreme is one of these, it's sort of like this luxury streetwear brand, and mm-hmm. everybody has Supreme stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it's a status symbol. And so the, these people are called hype beasts. And there is like definitely like sort of a category of women that like if you're, if you don't wear the whole, like if you're not a hype beast, if you're not, if you don't flaunt your wealth so much that like you wear like really ugly streetwear <laughs> just because it's covered in one, in this really fancy logo. Like all of Gucci's clothes. Are really ugly <laughs> and they're way overpriced mm. but it's a status symbol and mm-hmm. so I mean I think that I don't think that there's it, it, any possibility that nowadays we don't have like the same like w- marrying for money and marrying for stability like women don't want it some women don't want to have to work someone don't want to work and and or they just you know they want to be treated nicely like they're a lot of times if they marry or if they don't marry, but if they're like dating a rich guy, he's going to buy them a lot of nice stuff. And a lot of these women are very high maintenance and they get acrylics once a week and they like mm. buy a ton of new clothes all the time. And they get their hair dyed constantly and they get like keratin treatments and Brazilian waves and all sort of all sorts of like upkeep mm-hmm. that and, and that it, it's sort of a culture. Yeah. And like,
0: and without judging that culture, right. Because I don't want to judge it, but like, but it is interesting because it does seem that once again, in a capitalist society, women invest in a sort of grooming regime that is not necessarily about self care, but but it's. Or, yeah. But maybe it
1: is, I mean, but
0: it's I about attra- it, being attractive to men or, or, or yeah. being worthy of those attention.
1: I don't know. Maybe in a I'm wrong. In a certain yeah. sense, it is like that, that women, you know, they wear acrylics and they have these like sexy clothes and mm-hmm. like body con dresses and things like that. And that is like definitely part of it mm-hmm. is like, to attract men, but Mm -hmm. also there are, I mean, there are all of these audios that are, like, women saying that they wear this, like, totally over-the-top, like, borderline drag queen makeup, Mm -hmm. and they, like, do all of these YouTube channel things, and, like, they're not for, like, it's, there are a lot of studies that show that men prefer, like, natural makeup. Yeah, that's right. They actually find, like, a woman with, it. like, if you're not wearing makeup, they're, like, you look sick, Mm -hmm. but if you're wearing too much makeup, they're, like, you look like a drag, you know? Right. Um, but, so, but a lot of women still, like, they, so... And the thing that I liked about that audio, in in a sense, the, the sort of hype beast audio, yeah. was that, I mean, she is saying, like, I'm going to select the men that I choose mm-hmm. based on what shoes they wear. It is sort of about the female power dynamic. They choose men that can help them upkeep their personal image that they want. Like, they don't necessarily... So, and on the one hand, it's, it's sort of like the, sh- the conversation has shifted from, like, oh, how can I get a man to, like... How's a man going to get me? Uh
0: Uh-huh. And
1: in a way, that's kind of feminist, even though it's still deeply, deeply capitalist.
0: Right. Yeah. And I guess that's always the problem, right, is that feminism is ultimately quite compatible with capitalism. It it can
1: be. It It can be. be, Yes. It kind of can go other way.
0: Right. I mean, if we're going a more socialist feminist route, yeah. right, which is exactly what Tai was proposing. But unfortunately, you know, I feel like the kind of liberal feminist line of mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be empowered by wearing these clothes or mm-hmm. making sure that my man has these shoes mm-hmm. or whatever, that, that that ends up just in perpetuating capitalism, capitalism and consumerism. Can,
1: the thing is that I think that, yeah, I think there's socialist feminism, but there's also capitalist feminism. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, I, I don't think that it's like a worse maybe a worse form of feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely worse for lower class women because it's a classist form of feminism.
0: Right. But
1: I mean, if you don't have access to yeah. men that in in that that are gonna wear Air Jordans, like sure. The, it's not. It's it's hard. Right. But it
0: also puts a lot of pressure on men.
1: Yeah. It, well. Yeah, it does it Does I mean
0: like you know if like your value your value as a human being is not like whether you're funny or whether you're kind and considerate or smart but like what sh- what
1: shoes branded
0: wear. shoes yeah. you wear I mean wow that that's sort of <laughs> but again
1: yeah, it's about subcultures like yeah the, the, the thing is I'm that, just
0: talking about that one little audio oh, yeah. yeah yeah I mean yeah but I think so. there are women certainly maybe women my age who like look at The car, maybe a man drives, you know, like what, what kind of car, like no Hondas here or whatever, (laughs) no, no (laughs) Toyota, I don't know. I mean, but you know, so what? I guess, what do these brands, what do these symbols tell us? And and I mean, to come back to the Red Love story, the Kalentai story that we're reading, because there's a part of me that wants to think, yeah, women your age, especially, or my college students, you know, or even my grad students, I feel like they're much more empowered and in control of their lives than I was at your age. God, you know, completely. Mm-hmm. And yet, at the same time, I do feel like the kind of um, stranglehold of capitalist consumerism has not gone away at all. Not, if anything, all. it's gotten worse. I mean,
1: it's because it's... So much of feminism is wearing t-shirts. It is... It's deeply consumerist. Like, how do you show that you're a feminist? I mean, it's the same thing with, I mean, t- sustainability. Like, eco. It's it's so terrible. that capitalism is the problem. But the way that they're telling us to fix it is by buying, like, $20 reusable plastic bags and, like, lunch... <laughs> lunch boxes (laughs) and like water bottles and filters and vegan food that's like super super expensive like the thing is that capitalism is so good at taking morality as long as it's not anti-capitalist necessarily like socialism is so necessarily anti-capitalist that it's viewed as evil whereas feminism and like sexuality environmental environmentalism have they've figured out a way that's why it's become so much more in my opinion that's why it's become so much more mainstream is because capitalism capitalists, capitalists realized that they could work with that they could make the black lives matter movement fundamentally a consumer thing mm. they can say they can say for the next week we're going to donate 100 percent of our proceeds to mm. black lives matter and because of that people are going to see that and gonna be like oh this is a good company i'm going to buy from them more
0: right
1: and they're going to yeah
0: so the corporate kind of and takeover so, yeah
1: and so I think it's the same thing with
0: feminism. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But like, that's interesting that it's a lot harder to commodify socialism because socialism is just sort of fundamentally anti-commodity. <laughs> I mean, I guess there will be a day. You know, I'm sure there, are, and there like,
1: are. People buy Che Guevara t-shirts. Yeah, yeah like, that's then true. And there's like Marx merch, and right? Like- That's true. You went to Trier. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's true. That's true, yeah. I don't know. And, yeah, I guess so. But so what do you think about this, you know, one last final thought about young people are, do you think that they prioritize their, so, you know, we hear all of these things about how millennials are not getting married and not having kids and, you know, your generation, I mean, Gen Z Z is like having less sex and, and, you know, just basically coupling up a lot less than the same, you know, other generations at the same era. Like there are these studies that keep coming out about the quote unquote sex recession. And there are all sorts of arguments about whether it's because of porn or video games or phones, um, or whether it's because people are just too damn busy and stressed in their life, which I think is a big part of it. But you know, it also is this sort of commercialization of relationships. Mm -hmm. It feel, I mean, and do you feel that in your? Your friend group in your world. I mean, I know you're sort of weirdly sort of, between high school and college, yeah. but like that—that that sense of like you're on the market, so to speak, for partners. I mean, Tinder feels so transactional. Tinder is
1: very transactional. Um, sort of in a yeah, in a way, it's 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 gamified. Mm. Is is also like the way that um, there. I mean, there there's a lot of like sort of game theory scholarship that I've seen recently about how like. Fortnite and a lot of video games work and about how, and the thing, because of, because they're becoming so much more popular now, like, everybody's playing video games. As soon as it stopped being a thing just for boys, capitalists realize, again, they realize that, like, if they say, this is for women too, they can make more money. Um,
0: Double your market. Yeah.
1: And so, but I think that, that it's sort of infiltrated society in a, in a bigger way too, like Tinder and Bumble and, like, all of like, swiping left and swiping right. they are, like, Points that you get, like I don't know if it's on Tinder, but on Snapchat, which is like the like Snapchat is like the platform to like flirt with people because mm-hmm. the messages disappear. Yeah, you know if someone screenshotted it, and so you get points for how for how many people you talk to. Like your, if your Snap Score, the people there are like all these memes that are like like so I thought you were asleep, but your Snap Score went up like. And, oh, my God. That's, like, like, so it's scary. so scary. And there's, like, these, like, maps where you can see people, where people are on a snap map. And and so, I mean, the world has become so much more gamified mm. because of capitalism. And, that, and I think that that is also a significant part of, like, why, like, yeah, it feels like relationships are a game. And if you're playing the game of, like, good grades and getting into a good college or getting a good internship in college or, you know, still getting a high GPA so you can get into grad school or med school or law school or whatever, like, you're already playing a game. You, you're already busy. Yeah, it's, mm. like, busyness, I I think. At least in, like, a, a, the more, like, because I was in a pretty intellectual, like, academically focused friend group mm-hmm. in high school, and now I'm going to a pretty rigorously academic college. So, yeah, I think that, at least in my circles, that seems like it's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the reason.
0: right. Right. And so the question, I guess, at the end of the day is like, you know, Cole and I always, there's this dilemma. Do we, do we get rid of capitalism and then free ourselves from these sort of anachronistic forms of relationships? Or do we get rid of the relationships and then ultimately free ourselves from capitalism? It's almost a chicken and an egg question, you know, or maybe we yeah. need to do both at the same time. I just don't know. It's just seems interesting to me that, romantic relationships if you think about this story from 1923 and it's you know 2020 and so 97 years later the the constraints that women faced and the kinds of relationships obviously we have so much more diversity um in terms of our romantic relationships are incredibly different than they were 100 years ago but the capitalist part is
1: kind of the same also the problem is that people are lonelier people are it's not like people are happier without relationships like relationships have been going down and you could say like women are more independent they're having all of these like you know they're having like flings they have their their jobs they're happy it's great and like yeah like capitalism has gotten even stronger and maintained even more of a stranglehold but like people are like feminism is working but the thing is that the data shows that people are lonelier mm. and people aren't happier and and that is that is a problem. So, I mean, that's why I still think... I we mean, need I, socialism! Yeah. I, I, yeah. But, like, my <laughs> conclusion is just, like, feminist... Capitalist feminism doesn't serve women very well. Maybe maybe socialist feminism would serve them better. And you, you have a whole book that shows <laughs> that it did. Anyway, thank you very much. Thank you. For being
0: on my for show. For inviting me. Yes. It's always a pleasure to have you next to me.
1: Which never happens.
0: Which doesn't have especially right. during quarantine exactly
1: <laughs> i'm like so far away oh, all the way all the way upstairs <laughs> all right
0: thank you uh for those of you out there listening thank you so much as as always for listening and i promise i will read some more of red love next week take care so
1: subscribe
0: yeah yeah so do i have subscribers Oh I guess I do, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> and keep up the kid fight.